team. Hey, this is our staff team that comes to uh, be able to serve us, but really their call is to uh, equip uh, the body with what God has given uh, each of us and our gifts and our abilities. And so uh, they're not here just to, to serve us. All of us have a part of making ministry happen. This stuff uh, does not just happen. It doesn't appear. God does a work, uh, but in his grace, he's invited us to be a part of that. And so serving is not just about making things happen, though uh, we do in our gifts. It is about uh, growing in the purpose that God has given us. So uh, as I look at us out here, we want to grow in our purpose. We want to grow in knowing our gifts. Uh, That's what we're here for as a church, to help us uh, be aligned as God has called us uh, to serve. So if you are new here with us, hey, just receive this ministry and and all that we offer. If you come to call Discover Your Home, hey, we would love to help you to find your part, uh, to be part of what God is doing. So Uh, Let me pray for us that I'm going to do my part of uh, teaching uh, God's word this morning, but let's uh, go before him in prayer uh, first and foremost. God, I thank you for your faithfulness uh, over uh, these 14 years that we've been here as a church. God, we don't take that for granted, and as I think back of Sunday after Sunday after Sunday uh, after year after year, God, you have always provided And God, I know that you're continually bringing people together, that you are not only saving in your grace, but that you are uh, equipping with gifts to be about your work uh, here in this city, on this campus, in this church, uh, and beyond. And so God, I pray that Discovery would be a place where uh, we could uh, come to know the gifts that you've given us, that we would know your grace in calling us to serve, and that God, that we would be so touched in our hearts by what you have done for us, that we would just offer ourselves back to you. And that you would grow us, that you would use us to do something far more than we can do in and of ourselves. So God, I pray for your provision for all these ministries. God, you know our needs. You know the cries of our hearts, God. We also know that you're our provider, so provide. God, I pray you would stir the hearts of your people uh, to serve, and not this church, but to serve your great gospel as we advance uh, in this world. So uh, God, we thank you. Thank you for the privilege, the opportunity. Uh, the grace that I can um, use the gifts you've given me to share from your word. Oh God, I know it's not me that can do anything this morning, but that your spirit comes, that you are present here, that you want to lead us and guide us through your word. So Holy Spirit, come, do your work here among us. May I be a spirit-empowered speaker, but may we all be spirit-empowered hearers of the word that you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, church, well, we are being unleashed here. We started a brand new uh, series just last week in which we are getting to know uh, the Holy Spirit. If you want to pull out the notes that you um, got this morning, Uh, many of you like to take notes, and so there's some blanks there that you can fill in. And so um, we are in this nine-week series. You'll see some of the topics that we're going to be talking about uh, as we get to know the Holy Spirit. We're going to be talking about uh, what it means to live in the Spirit. We're going to get to know Him. We're going to know the power of the Spirit next week. We're going to get to know more about His presence in us. Uh, We're going to get to know the gifts of the Spirit, how we use them uh, to serve in ways far beyond ourselves. So I hope you can be here for our Sunday morning messages. If you're not here on a Sunday, you can always listen online or in iTunes or or on that Discovery Church app that we have. Also, along with this series, we have a Discovery Group study. Um, So on a Sunday morning, as I kind of share from here, you may have some questions about some things or you want to go and discuss with people. Hey, there's groups meeting throughout the week uh, that you can find either 
either on our webpage or right at the table um, out here and uh, then get to know where a discovery group is that you can continue to discuss. We have our daily reading plan. Anybody doing the daily reading plan this week? Open that up and got that. That's easy to find on your app. Uh, We have other resources that we're making uh, available to you as well. But one of the things that I'm excited about is giving you the opportunity uh, to ask your questions. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, you may have a background, you may have some experience and say, I'm not sure about this. Or we look at scripture and say, what does that really mean? And we want to give you an opportunity to ask your questions. So if you go, we actually, on that app, if you open it up, uh, you'll find under Sunday morning um, a spot where it says, ask your Holy Spirit questions, and you can actually fill that out. And uh, you can submit it. You can submit it anonymously, and we'll try to answer from stage. But if you put your name, we can also contact you and talk with you. The church needs to be a place where we can ask our questions. We don't just want you leaving, uh, not knowing God more. And so we're here for you to ask uh, your questions. So take advantage of that. Uh, while you're on the app, go ahead and open up the Bible that's there. Or if you need a Bible, um, go and put up your hand. We want everyone to have a Bible this morning as we teach God's Word. So put up your hand and Usher will bring you uh, one of these Bibles uh, that we're using here. And then we're actually going to go right to the beginning of the Bible. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 is where we will begin. Last week, I introduced you to the Holy Spirit or called you to know Him more. Today, we're going to look at Him deeper and get to know the Holy Spirit deeper. Because what one thing we all know is that relationships are not just about knowing about somebody. Relationships are about walking with them day by day, getting to know them more and more. I've been married for 14 years. Um, I've actually known my wife for 18 years. Uh, We dated for four years before we got married and uh, actually met her my sophomore year. Uh, It was my sophomore year. It was actually her fifth year. Uh, So I don't know, any fifth years out there? Hey, my prayer for you is that you would experience something good in the fifth year like uh, my wife and I did. And so uh, you might want to leave your hand up a little bit longer and you can look around and see who's who's who if you really would like to. But... um, But my wife would be quick to remind uh, anybody we shared this with that we actually met the year before my sophomore year. You see, I was a biology major and uh, I was taking cell biology, 8 a.m. cell biology class. So bright and early, you know, nothing you want to do so early in the morning as talk about cell biology, right? But there was something very exciting that made it worthwhile for me. See, there was this girl that walked in about 10 minutes late each class. Uh, and uh, she would always have her hat pulled down a little bit, you know, covering the sleepy eyes, but she's she's cute, and it made cell biology exciting for me. I always knew that I had that to look forward to, and uh, so uh, we actually, that was my wife, and I admired her from a distance um, before I ever got to meet her, but later in my freshman year, just before um, we broke for the summer, um, I had a chance, we actually uh, met, we were out one night, we, we met, and we talked for about an hour and um, it was a, a wonderful conversation. And here's where it gets a little bit disputed. Um, see, my wife would say that she gave me her number uh, at that time. And that I then proceeded to fail to call her for the whole summer. Um, now, I'm not sure. I don't remember getting a number. But uh, um, anyway, that's where the dispute is. Long story short, we came back the next September. And uh, she took matters in her own hands. And she came and uh, she talked to me. And uh, hey, Um, All these 18 years, four kids later, um, here we are together. Uh, But what this underscores is the fact that we all know relationship is not just about something uh, or somebody from the distance. 
Relationships grow over time. And see, relationships are, are not just seeing someone. It's not just knowing about somebody, but getting to know them in a deeper and deeper way. It's one thing to see somebody from the distance and even be attracted to them. It's another thing to uh, know a lot about that person, but it is a whole nother thing to be in a true relationship where we are growing uh, together. You see, one thing about our God, God doesn't just want our awareness. God doesn't just want us to know about him or to know that he exists. God wants a deep relationship with us. He wants a deep relationship with you. It is the whole reason why he sent his son Jesus to go to the cross. It is the whole reason that he poured out his spirit that we could walk in relationship with him. And many of us may be aware of the Holy Spirit, but kind of just from a distance. We see someone that maybe sounds good and seems attractive, but we don't really know them. Maybe many of us have been in church know a lot about the Holy Spirit. We could quote scripture verses and we could talk. We know a lot about the Holy Spirit, but do we know the Holy Spirit? Are we walking every day, moment by moment, in relationship with the Holy Spirit? Our truth for today is this, that knowing God fully and deeply means knowing the Spirit of God. Having a true transformational walk with Jesus, living the abundant life that he called us to, is about knowing the Spirit of God and walking with him day after day. So you may be here and you feel kind of, uh, that God's just kind of distant from you. You may feel stagnant in your walk. You may feel like you're going through the motions, you're going through church, you're reading the Bible, but you're not experiencing God's powerful presence alongside of you and in you. And the reason may be because you are not walking with the Holy Spirit of God. Today, I hope to introduce you to him if you don't know him, or if you have known him and have him inside of you to reintroduce you to his work in your life. Uh, Last week, we looked at Jesus' words. Uh, John chapter uh, 14 and John chapter 16. It kind of introduced us to look at what Jesus had to say about the Holy Spirit. And the things that we learn is that Jesus said that uh, the Holy Spirit is a him and not an it. That the Holy Spirit is a person rather than just a, a thing that we utilize. We also looked at Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would be our helper in living the life that he has for us, that he would come, that he would comfort us when we are down, that he, would, uh, that he would counsel us when we need guidance, even that he would convict us. And I know conviction doesn't sound like anything we want to welcome into our life, but the reality is that when we're trapped in sin and guilt and shame and continually beating ourselves with the consequences of walking distant from God, we want the Holy Spirit to convict us and guide us back to him, to tell us when to turn away from whatever it is we're following and turn to him. So we want that help. We looked at Jesus and he also said that the Holy Spirit is better than anything we can imagine. Jesus said, hey, you love having me here alongside you in the flesh, he said to his disciples, but when the Holy Spirit comes, it's to your advantage that I go away and he comes because you're not even gonna fathom what the Holy Spirit does in you. And he did, Jesus said that, that not only will the Holy Spirit be with you, but he'll be in you. And this is where it gets very hard for us to grasp, maybe, uh, Almighty God, creator of the universe, living in us. P. 
people who continue to struggle, people who continue to fail. The reality is we'll never fully know God as we talk about the Holy Spirit here. We'll still have some questions because God is God, but God has given us his word. Uh, What we believe about the Bible is that God in his grace gave us his word that we can know him that we can know him better, that we can know how he wants us to live. And what the Bible tells us is that he wants us to live with the Holy Spirit at work in us. Beginning in Genesis chapter 1, we find the very first verse about the Holy Spirit. Genesis chapter 1, in the creation story, verse 1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2 says this, The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And we see that at the dawn of creation, the Holy Spirit of God was present there. Now, first reading, this may just seem like kind of a little bit of redundant poetry uh, to underscore a part, but uh, God gives us words for a reason. And here he wants us to know that the Holy Spirit was present there. And the very first thing that we learn is that the Holy Spirit has eternally existed and will always eternally exist as God. And sometimes as Christians, followers of Jesus, we may kind of uh, fast forward to the New Testament. And so maybe we hear Jesus make his promises to his disciples, or, or we go to maybe Acts chapter 1, in which Jesus tells his disciples after he rose from the dead, and he was going back to heaven. He says, now my followers, wait until the Holy Spirit comes, because you can't do this on your own. You need the Holy Spirit. And sometimes we can think, okay, now the Holy Spirit is coming on the scene, but what we need to understand is that the Holy Spirit has always been there. The Holy Spirit eternally exists as God. He's been present for all eternity, and he is God. Throughout the Old Testament, we find all kinds of verses along the way where we read about the Spirit of God coming and filling someone. We read about the Holy Spirit of God coming upon someone. There's even a time when the first king of Israel, a guy named Saul, where it says Saul was just kind of a, I mean, he was kind of a big, handsome guy, uh, but he was just a normal guy. But it says that when the Holy Spirit came upon him, he began to prophesy like the prophets of old, the Holy Spirit coming upon and moving a normal guy to do super normal things. The Psalms as well are are talking about the Spirit of God. Psalm 143 says, teach me to do your will for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. The Old Testament writers knew about the Spirit of God. In fact, King David wrote in Psalm 51, Cast me not away from your presence, O God, and please do not take your Holy Spirit from me. The mighty King of Israel knew that he needed the Spirit of God in order to do God's work. The prophet spoke looking ahead of Jesus and said, The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. And the Old Testament prophets also spoke of a time that would come where nobody needed to be afraid of God taking the Holy Spirit from them. But that God writes through the prophet Ezekiel that there will be a day where I will pour out my Spirit upon all those who call on my name. This is what God said about the Holy Spirit. 
I don't know if you've ever been reading through the Bible um, in your New Testament verses as well. And you just come upon some of these verses where it says, uh, like 2 Corinthians 13, where it says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Or it kind of mentions these uh, it mentions Jesus, it mentions God, it mentions the Holy Spirit. Jude 20 verse, and 21 says this, Beloved, building yourselves up and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Or we have these verses where God, Jesus, Holy Spirit are all kind of mentioned together. In fact, Jesus himself did it in what we call the Great Commission. Christians love uh, this verse where Jesus said, Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we see these scriptures and we need to kind of make sense. And really, I'm not going to get bogged down in this uh, today. We actually put a resource uh, on your app about talking about what is the Trinity, if you want to look at it later. But what we need to grasp is that God, one God, one true God, exists eternally as three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One true God in three persons. Now, this is not three gods that we worship. Uh, This is not one God with split personalities that say, okay, today I think I'll be God the Father, Uh, today I think I'll be God the Son, and then when I want to be Holy Spirit, I'll, I'll be that as well. No, that is not what this is, okay? This is the nature of God, one God in three persons. Now, it boggles our minds, to to be sure, Uh, but we look at the scriptures and we want to get to know the nature of God. And we come up with analogies, and the reality is all analogies fail. Sometimes we'll talk about it as, well, it's like a three-leaf clover where you have Father, Son, and Spirit in one, but um, the reality is that uh, none of those parts are, are the whole. And so it, it doesn't work. Sometimes we'll talk about water, okay, as water being uh, ice and liquid water and uh, gaseous water um, as well. And the reality is that none of those are the same all at once. And so it doesn't really fit the analogy as God. We try to understand this, but we, we grapple with it and, and we somewhat fail. And the reality is that God is not like a clover. God is not like water or any other analogy. God is God. And even though he baffles our minds, he invites us to know him more as he truly is. And he's given us some of these scriptures that we can look at and get to know him. And what we need to grasp this morning is that the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is not a power or force that emanates from God. The Holy Spirit is God. And just like we relate with God the Father, God the Son, and Jesus Christ, we must also know Him and learn to relate with Him as God the Holy Spirit. In Scripture, we see the Holy Spirit involved with the Father and with the Son. Take creation. We already looked at the verse about creation. Where we see God in creation, God the Father giving his creative words to speak into existence creation. And we see the Holy Spirit manifesting God's presence intimately with his creation. And the Son, Jesus, was there as well as we read in John chapter 1. We see their work, Father, Son, and Spirit in the writing of Scripture, what we call Revelation. Where we see that uh, God the Father planned to reveal himself to God. He sent God the Son who uh, in his flesh 
made the word known to us. And then we also read in 2 Peter chapter 1 that the Holy Spirit led human writers, inspired them to record the words that we have in the Scripture. So Father, Son, and Spirit involved there. In salvation as well, we see that God planned to save His sinful people. He sent His Son to die on the cross to accomplish redemption. And His Spirit now opens our hearts to believe and trust in the sacrifice of Jesus. God the Father did not come to die on the cross. Neither did God the Holy Spirit. That was a work of God the Son in Jesus Christ. We also see his work in the church, where God has planned to have his church. Jesus died and paid the price that we could be his church, and the Holy Spirit continues to work to unite us, to gift us, to actually be the church. So we see the Holy Spirit existent as God. We see the Holy Spirit working as God. But what we need to understand is very important for us is that the Holy Spirit relates distinctly with humanity. The Holy Spirit relates in a way with you and me that the Father and the Son do not. In fact, Jesus, when he left, he sent his Spirit. When Jesus completed his work on earth. He returned and sits enthroned in heaven. He sent his Holy Spirit to enable us to live out the lives that he died for us to live. You see, the Holy Spirit is not some weird kind of energy that Jesus puts out. The Holy Spirit is God. And we can totally hear some ways where we don't know the Holy Spirit of God. That we relate differently with him because when we talk about God the Father, we always call him he and we, we think of him. When we talk about Jesus the Son, we talk about him as he, but I mean, we'll hear it in our groups and as we talk to one another. When we get to the Holy Spirit, we start calling him it. And we start talking about this thing uh, that we don't really understand or know. Now, I'm not going to say that we come up with some system to uh, help us stop calling the Holy Spirit it. Like putting, you know, every time you do a discovery group, you put a nickel in the jar or something. We're not going to do that. But what I do want us to grasp is that we recognize that our view, if we're missing out, hinders our relationship. If we are not knowing about the Holy Spirit and then growing to know the Holy Spirit, there's no way we're going to walk in the relationship with him that God the Father and Jesus the Son have called us to. One of the amazing things, as we come into faith in Jesus, I mean, think, think about this. Those of us who know Jesus, kind of you remember those, those first moments where like, you, you maybe knew that God existed, but then you came to believe in Jesus and trust in him. And when you surrendered your life to him, you just kind of got these emotional flutters that you didn't really know how to explain. That was the Holy Spirit opening your heart and coming in and flooding your life with him. And when we didn't have it all wrapped up in our, our minds or figured out or didn't know, okay, this is now the Holy Spirit doing that work. But as we come to continue to grow to know God, See, God really wants us to know him as he is. 
He doesn't want us to settle for just a distant relationship. So God just welcomes us and lavishes us with his love, but then he calls us to know him and to get to know him deeper. But one of the things that often happens is as we continue in our walk with Jesus, we kind of stop that pursuit for a little bit. We get stagnant. We kind of aren't reading our Bible as, as vividly as we, we used to. It just doesn't seem as real because we're losing some of the emotional feelings uh, of that. But in the midst of that feeling, what God is doing is he is drawing us close to him. That we would get to know him more and more and in deeper ways. So you may be in a place this morning where you've known Jesus for years or you've gotten to know him. But God continues to beckon you to know him deeper. And he wants you to know him as the Holy Spirit. Because we live out our life in Jesus in the powerful presence of the Holy Spirit. Maybe this analogy will help a little bit. Um, a few years ago, I went through a pretty difficult time in life. See, I lost my, my father pretty suddenly about 15 years ago, um, right before I got married, um, before I had any kids, before I was in ministry. And, and it was just very difficult um, for me. And I remember going to this place and just kind of crying out to God and saying, God, how am I supposed to do this? I, I don't have a father I had been reaching out to other people, father figures, to, to kind of be a father to me. And, and uh, there's just nobody there. Maybe you've been in that place where you feel disappointed and let down by people around you. And I went out and cried to, cried to God and um, said, God, who's going to be a father to me? And God the Father answered me and said, um, I'll be a father to you. And God taught me on that day to know him more as the father that he says he is, to turn to him first and foremost, to, to go to him, to, to lean on him as my heavenly father. And see, the Holy Spirit, Jesus called him the helper. And how many of us are sitting out there right now saying, if there was only somebody who would help me through this, if there's only somebody who would uh, give me a word of guidance, if there's only somebody who would sit down with me and, and give me a hug in my distress, if there's only somebody who, who would help me to know to get out of this muck and mire that I'm in. And Jesus said, I have sent the helper to you. But many of us are struggling because we have not come to know him as a helper. And my prayer would be that we would come to know God as he truly is and we would know his Holy Spirit and we would know the helper and we would know how to walk with him and by his presence in our life. Um, so the rest of our time this morning, I want to just give you some thoughts about how it is that we could begin to know this helper. And we're going to continue talking about these things throughout our series. But, but here's some things for today. First, we need to understand, like Jesus said, not only will he be with you, but he will be in you. We need to know that the Holy Spirit is inside, is present in every follower of Jesus Christ. We talk about this, uh, a little churchy word, as kind of an indwelling, okay? The dwelling of the Spirit in the follower of Jesus. And a few things that we learn from Scripture are this, that he indwells, the Holy Spirit indwells every new believer at the instant of salvation, 
Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 says this, You also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12 says it this way, For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. If you have received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you also receive the promised Holy Spirit because Jesus will not leave you without the helper to accomplish and to live the way that he has called you to. Another thing we need to understand is that the Holy Spirit indwells only believers in Christ. You know, there's a lot of talk about kind of spirituality. Um, Any other spirituality, uh, aside from those of us who are in Jesus Christ, is not the Spirit of God, is not the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 verse 9 says this, You, however, followers of Jesus, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. And so, what we need to grasp as well, too, is that it's only believers in Jesus that get the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, we can read that the Holy Spirit indwells sinful believers. Uh, We get to 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19, where the context is he's talking to the Corinthian church about all their sexual immorality and how they're to live. And he writes this, and he says, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. He speaks to Christians that are wrapped up in all kinds of uh, sin and immorality. And he says, Don't you know the Holy Spirit is in you? In other words, unlike King David in the Old Testament who cried out, don't take your Holy Spirit from me because I'm a sinful man. God has promised that the Holy Spirit is in us. And the sin that we struggle with doesn't make the Holy Spirit go away. In fact, the Holy Spirit is there to help us to, to grow in holiness, to grow out of that sin. He stays for that very work. So when we go through a week, maybe like this past week, where you're Struggling with the same sins again. God, in His grace, says, My presence is still going to be with you, in you, in the Holy Spirit. And He says, I want to help you. Finally, the Holy Spirit indwells believers permanently. Jesus said this I will ask the Father, and He will give you another helper to be with you forever. 2 Corinthians 1 says, It is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us and who has put his seal on us, given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. So what does this all mean? It means that if you are following Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in you. He's not coming and going like some of the Old Testament stories. No, he is in you. If you have put your faith and trust in Jesus... He is in you, ready to work in you. He wants to grow you, to not only know more about him as you read through the scriptures, to understand the scriptures, but to grow out of your sinfulness. He wants to help us to be the church that he called us to be. It says in Ephesians chapter 4 that we are to maintain the unity that's in the Spirit. In other words, when we come to Jesus and all of our differences, uh, the Holy Spirit unites us into one. 
It also says that the Holy Spirit wants to empower us for witness. But many of us, as we talk about the work of the Holy Spirit, will say, that's not my experience with Christ. You see, I'm still kind of all uh, grappling with sin. I'm lost. I feel completely defeated. I feel completely alone. Some of you feel like uh, you, uh, instead of being powerful in witness, that you're just racked with fear rather than faith. Some of you look at the church and say, man, how much disunity and division is there in the church? Sometimes we miss the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives because we are not following what Jesus has called us to. You see, there's a difference between being indwelled by the Spirit and being filled with the Spirit. There's a difference that as believers, we can be, have the Holy Spirit in us, but not experience the life that he has for us. So here's my little illustration for this this morning. We have here some good old-fashioned 2% milk. We have here some genuine Hershey's goodness. Now, many of you may like milk. Some of you may not. I happen to like milk. It's okay. But when we come to Christ, what he does is he puts the Holy Spirit within us. Now, if I'm to take a cup like that, I mean, it's right in there. I mean, some of you up close can see it, right? You know you saw me put it in there. It's in there if you can't see it. But if I still take a sip of this, it tastes the same. Maybe a little tiny hint of chocolate. But it's basically the same as it was before, even though that the chocolate is in there. But if we're to live the Holy Spirit-filled life, He wants to get in. He wants to stir us up. He wants to impact every part of our being. He wants us to not just have him in us, but he wants to work through us so that when we have the good chocolatey goodness, that's good. Um, That's better than a bottle of water up here. should swallow it before I start talking again. But this is the difference, okay? Maybe a a cute illustration, but this is the difference between just having the Holy Spirit in us and having the Holy Spirit work through us. And if we're tired of just the same old thing, maybe we've heard the truths, uh, we even heard the truths this morning, and now we uh, maybe you already knew about, or now you're learning some new things, but that does not mean that we are going to experience the life that he has for us. God beckons us to know him more. He put his Holy Spirit in us. He said through the prophet Ezekiel that he, there will come a day where we won't just be sitting kind of experiencing this taste or going to the temple to worship him, but that each follower would have his Holy Spirit poured out in our lives. Many of us, we keep going back to Old Testament times where we're content to let God stay a distance away from us. No matter, even if he has come to us through the Son, Jesus, he has poured himself into us through the Holy Spirit, but yet we say, God, you just stay distant. Some of us are kind of in the Acts 1 mentality where Jesus said, wait, don't do anything in this life without my Holy Spirit because you cannot, but yet we keep trying to do it on our own. Some of us say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in the house, but I'm just not going to walk with you. You just kind of sit in the corner. 
And this is the life that we're experiencing. And we say, well, it's nothing different. In fact, when we live out this life, the Bible tells us that what we do is we actually grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Because he is a person, he has emotion. If you are not living, if you, you grieve the Holy Spirit. A- another illustration that Scripture gives is like the Holy Spirit is a fire that comes. It says when we don't walk with him, we quench the Spirit of God. That God sent his Son that we might live a life in relationship with him. And he poured out his spirit upon us. And we would grieve him. Or we would quench his work. As followers of Jesus, we are not grievers of God. We are not quenchers of God's work in us. We want to come to him. We want to live this life unleashed. And so I'll wrap up just by giving us a couple very practical things And number one is this, if you don't know Jesus, but you want the work of the Spirit in you, number one is you need to receive Jesus. The Holy Spirit does not come to us without receiving Jesus. In fact, the Holy Spirit does a work to us and in our heart to open ourselves to hear Jesus. And you may be here and you may think, I want a life with God, I want a relationship with God, I want the comfort, I want the counsel, I want Him It begins with receiving Jesus and then receiving his Holy Spirit as we surrender to him. Secondly, is this acknowledging the Spirit? Many of us may have been going through our life here uh, aware of God and even knowing Jesus and even having faith in Jesus, but we are not acknowledging the Holy Spirit as God. As we talked about him today, God wants you to know all of him as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You need to surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit. As we come into a response time here in a few minutes, we're going to welcome you to acknowledge the Holy Spirit and his presence here with us and to surrender to the work that he wants to do. You can ask him to make you aware because Again, he wants to have conversation with him. You can uh, pray in the Holy Spirit. Yeah, ask him. He wants to have the conversation with you. Ask him to make him more aware. He will start showing himself to you. And finally, through this study, through the, the weeks to come, I say, grow in the understanding of his work. Grow in these scriptures. What does the Holy Spirit do? For many of us right now, again, the Holy Spirit is kind of this, this thing that we don't really know how he works in our life. How is he the helper, helper? How is he the comforter? How is he the counselor? Understand his work through scripture and then look for his work in your lives. Day by day, you'll begin to see the Holy Spirit working in your lives. And yes, he will convict you of sins. When you are going the way that God does not have planned for you, he will convict you back. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. When you have no reason in your circumstances to have any peace, but you seek the work of the Holy Spirit as the comforter and he gives you comfort, your circumstances don't explain that. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. When you are without wisdom or when you are grappled with fear and the Holy Spirit gives you the courage to step forward, to go against the crowd or to do follow the path that he has for you. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. If you begin to understand, be aware of him, he will show himself to you because God the Father loves you. He sent his son 
to go to the cross to bring you back into a relationship with him. And he poured out his spirit upon all who will call on the name of Jesus. That we may experience an everyday relationship with him. So church, no more distant relationship. No more just knowing about him. Let us press into the life that he has for us in the powerful presence of the Holy Spirit. Father, we are thankful for your grace that you love us, that you welcome us to you. God, you are so great and almighty. We, we can't stand before you, but in your grace, you sent your son Jesus. You reached out to us and you didn't just stop at giving us eternal salvation. No, God, you poured your very self into our lives, into our hearts, that we can know you Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and fall on your people. That For those of us who don't know Jesus, that you would open our hearts. Help us to see Jesus more clearly. Holy Spirit, I pray that where we need conviction, that you would come and convict. Where we need encouragement, that you would come and you would be our comforter. Where we're lost and not knowing which way to go, that you would come and you would guide us. And that we would listen to you. We confess, God, we confess, Holy Spirit, that we have not lived with an awareness or acknowledgement of your presence and your work in our lives. We are here this morning. We are crying out to you saying we want more of you, God. We want to know you. We want the life, Jesus, that you died to give us. Holy Spirit, we want to know you. We want to walk by you. Come and lead us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Church, we're going to continue to respond here. The band's going to play a song. We're going to just respond in song for a few moments. We will eventually come to communion. But just begin by responding and acknowledging the Holy Spirit, surrendering to his work.